You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus along with my producer, Nasha Chobie, and this is Hawk Talk Preview Edition. And guess what? Round two, the divisional playoffs are here. The Hawks are going to the Midwest to challenge the Green Bay Packers. But before we get into the details, we're going to toss it over to Nas for the injury updates. Thanks, Michael. Uh, hoping to get some good news on the injury report this week. Head coach Pete Carroll stepped up to the podium, gave the following injury updates on Mike Upati, Dwayne Brown, Ziggy Ansah, Quandre Diggs, and Malik Turner. Any new information on Dwayne Brown and Mike Upati? Um, well, it was kind of some. Uh, nothing much on Mike yet. Um, we're waiting for a second opinion on something. Um, and Dwayne uh, did some work yesterday and doing work again today. So he, he won't practice today, but um, it's an encouraging sign about him you know, making his return. And so we'll see what happens. We won't know until late. What, uh, Ziggy Anta, any update there? Um, he feels better than, than the, the, the trainers thought he would be you know, after the episode that he had in the game. Um, so he's, you know, he's planning on working his way back into playing. Um, we'll see how it goes during the week. How did Quandre Diggs come out Sunday? Fine. I, I just talked to him today. He, he feels good. He's a little bit sore yesterday. He feels fine. He's ready to go. Um, he's going to practice today, and we'll see how he responds to the practice. Um, been a little touch and go to, to get him back and we're taking great care of him to make sure that he's right. He's uh, anxious to, to get going and see what how he feels tomorrow. And so uh, that starts today. All right, Michael, like you said, divisional playoff week, Hawks, Packers. Let's take a look at the Packers season, right? So everyone knows they're good. They're the number two seed in the NFC. They're the NFC North Division champs with a 13-3 and record. But outside of that, obviously we know about Aaron Rodgers and all that. But outside of that bump, looking at their stats, they don't nothing jumps off the page at you. Yeah, nothing really jumps off at you. They're, they are an average team in most categories and slightly above average in other categories. Total offense, they're number 18 in the NFL. Total defense, they're number 18 in the NFL. The one stat or column where they kind of stand out a bit is just turnover differential, and that's mainly because of the play of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he won't turn the ball over. He doesn't turn the ball over. We'll get into our key matchups. He's only had, I believe, four interceptions on the season. Uh one common thing between the two teams is turnover differential. They're both tied for number three in the NFL in the regular season with plus 12, meaning they're taking the ball away and they're not turning it over, which makes a guy like Aaron Rodgers dangerous. Yep, makes them dangerous. And also, a uh, category where, where we should be able to exploit them, they're number 23 in rush defense. They're giving up 120 yards per game. The Hawks are around 130 yards per game, even after that uh, – Horrible display of was, 17 yards was, by, by the running backs. It was tough. It was tough. It was a effort. They played a good rush defense. But if they're somewhere where the Hawks can exploit them, it will be with the run game. And this is the week to get that run game going again. So we're going to jump into their common opponents. These guys have played a few of the same um, opponents. So the Vikings. Packers won both of those games against the Vikings, 21-16 to in Week 2, then 23-10 to in Week 16. We all know the Hawks beat the Vikings 37-30 in Week 13. The thing that's kind of misleading to this is the Vikings are just playing good football right now. Yeah, because in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. You throw all the regular season uh, numbers out the window. They're playing great football. I don't think anyone, myself included, 
really gave them a shot at all okay. to go into New Orleans, beat Drew Brees, Sean Payton, uh, Kamara, Thomas, who had one of the best years the receivers ever had. So that, they're playing good football, and this time of year it's all about playing good football. And also when you look at that, the game against the Seahawks was 37-30, to 30, but the Seahawks were in more of control of that game. Like yeah. I don't think that final score really indicates how close that game was. Nope. Another common opponent, the Eagles. The Packers lost to the Eagles 34-27. Before you get all crazy, let's remember, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders were healthy that game. Combined, they rushed for 139 yards. Alshon Jeffrey was healthy. It was a different-looking Eagles team when the Green Bay Packers played them. Yeah, when, you have all the, when they had all their weapons, they had all the receivers, obviously helping Carson Wentz. That definitely played into it. And it's early in the year. Week four is really hard to take a look back the Seahawks on the other hand we know they play the Eagles twice beat them both by a score of 17 to 9 in week 12 and in the wild card playoffs last week yes another common opponent are the Carolina Panthers the Packers beat the Panthers 24 to 16 in week 10 after a goal line stand the Seahawks beat the Panthers 30 to 24 on the road so there's some comparison there you know I would like to see what McCaffrey did against those guys I should have looked that up but um, we know that to beat the Panthers, you have to contain McCaffrey. He's not, you can't let him get loose, but that guy's a baller. The fact that they both beat these guys said that they were able to at least contain McCaffrey for the most part. Well, the thing about that game, it was close. It was, it was in Week 10, I remember, because the Seahawks were playing on Monday night, and I was actually able to watch pretty much that whole game, and it was snowing. It was kind of nasty weather, um, and it came down to the very end of the game where McCaffrey, I think it was like a fourth and one from the goal line, and McCaffrey still had a good day. He went for 20 carries, 108 yards, and one touchdown uh, receiving. He also did decently. He... Uh, he had sorry six receptions, 33 yards. So he had a good day, and it came down to literally a goal line stand by their defense to kind of solidify that win. So it was a close game, and our Panther game, we know, final score 30-24, but that's not how the game went. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Another common opponent with the 49ers. Now the Packers got slapped by these guys, 37-8 in Week 12, and we all know that the San Francisco 49ers and the Seahawks split their two games. So – I guess that's kind of encouraging that they got beat up by the 49ers and the Hawks were able to hold their own against that very good defense and put up more points in the Green Bay Packers. I listened to Aaron Rodgers speak, and he said that they just weren't ready. He said that that trip to the West Coast, the routine was off, something was there. They just weren't ready, and that's kind of opposite of how Russell Wilson would have approached that. He would have said, hey, you know, they got us. It was a good game plan, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um, Aaron Rodgers is kind of different. He just says, hey, we weren't ready to go. We got to do better. Um so I expect I expect Aaron Rodgers to come back this week and bounce back. The thing that scares you about Aaron Rodgers is just the unknown. You don't yep. know what he's going to do. I mean, he can off script. He's a great football player. On script, he's a great football player. Don't get fooled by these numbers, which we are going to get into next with our key matchups. Our first matchups, like I mentioned, is Aaron Rodgers versus everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to need every single person. Aaron Rodgers is a special dude. Special dude, Aaron Rodgers, in this, he's had an okay season. People are knocking him because, I really, I don't know why they're knocking him. Maybe his touchdown totals aren't up. His, his passing percentage is down a little bit. But he still has 26 touchdowns and four interceptions and threw for over 4,000 yards. You cannot sleep on that. He may not be making the huge plays that we're used to, but he's been, been consistent all year, and he's missing a few pieces around him. He has one number one receiver and a bunch of fill-ins at the other receiver spot. So I think for what he's had, what he has um, as far as weapons, he's been all right this year. I think people just look at it because you're right. I mean, you know how good of a quarterback you have to be that when people look at your stats and say, hey, you got 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions, and they say you're having not a very good year when your quarterback rating is 95.4. And if you look at his career numbers, there's only been – 
one other season, which was in 2018, where he had less than five interceptions. So he's taking care of the football, and he, it's not the same. He doesn't have the same weapons he used to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have some of the same guys, Jordy Nelson, you know, running down the field. And you look at his completion percentage, that's dripped a little bit, but 62%. It's not like he's 40%. Yeah. He's not bad at all. And then he has a new head coach with a new offense that Mafleur um, comes from the Shanahan type offense type deal where a lot of play action, a lot of going across the field. So maybe there's some adjustment there. I said earlier on the show today that um, I think he's just giving the offense a chance to whereas when McCarthy was there towards the end of the year, he's like, look, I'm up, I'm going to the line of scrimmage. I'm checking out of this. I'm running what I want to run. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like there's some more structure to this offense, and he's kind of trying to learn um, him and McFleur are just trying to get on the same pace. So never sleep on Aaron Rodgers. If you sleep on him, uh, good luck to you because he will bite you in the butt. Another matchup, Aaron Jones versus the Seahawks front seven. Jones is having a breakout season in his third year. He has over 1,000 yards and 16 rushing touchdowns. And don't forget, 49 receptions for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. This is the new age running back. You have to be able to catch yep. the football. You, there's no more just hand the ball off, go downhill type of guy. You got to have guys like Aaron Jones in the backfield. And, again, the things that things that scares me about him is the potential. He has yes. big play potential. You have to wrap this guy up. Definitely. No, he's the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Um a thousand yards are not earth shattering numbers, but the fact that he can do both. It's not one of those where he's got to come out on third down because yep. he can't catch the football. He's definitely a dangerous guy. And the Seahawks have gone up against a lot of good running backs. They've been pretty for the most part, they've been pretty solid. They're statistically they're probably middle of the pack in terms of rush defense. But he's a guy that you definitely can't get loose early on, especially with Aaron Rodgers back there. You gotta contain the run to kind of try your best to make Aaron Rodgers one dimensional. Yes, sir. Next matchup, Devontae Adams versus Seahawks secondary. He's by far the Packers' leading receiver. 83 receptions, dang near 1,000 yards, off by three yards, and five touchdowns, and he only played in 12 games. Yeah. How explosive is this dude? 12 games, and he has almost 1,000 yards received. Yeah, last year I think he had over 1,300 yards was his first 1,000-yard season. In 2016, he had 997 and just missed that 1,000-yard threshold. But, again, he was in an offense with Jordy Nelson. He was in offense with, uh, gosh, and Bla- Randall Cobb is yeah. the other guy. So he is definitely – he's a guy that you're, that you're scared about because he can – he's a guy that can run past you. Yep. He's a guy that can – people. I hate when people say take the top off the defense, if you will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can get by you, though, and it, it's something that you got to keep him in front. And the explosiveness to do that in 12 games, I mean, he – not quite Michael Thomas, but he was on pace to have well over 100 receptions and probably 1,500 yards. Yep, their next best receiver is Alan Lazard. Sorry if I butchered your name, I think sir. it's Lazard. I think Lazard. you got it. Okay, cool. Who has 35 receptions for 477 yards and three touchdowns. He kind of came out of nowhere. And I like this kid's play. He goes up, he gets the football. He can be explosive. He's getting into his groove. If you can limit Devontae Adams and kind of make this kid beat you, I think your chances go up of winning this football game. The Seahawks secondary will be tested a lot more than they were last week. We mentioned on the podcast last week, the starting receivers for the Eagles were not on NFL rosters right. this year. Now you're dealing with a potential pro bowler. If Devontae Adams played the full season, he might be a pro bowler. And, and a kid in Lazard who's, who's coming around as well. So they got to be on point this week. For sure. And the thing about Lazard, too, is he, um, he is their version. Again, hear me out when I say this. Their version of DK Metcalf. He, is, he didn't put up the he, – his stat line is what I thought DK was going to put up this year. Yeah, Obviously, DK yep. blew that out of the water, but mainly just because he's 6'5", 227. They're going to throw him up. He's going to go get the football. He made a couple really big catches against the Lions. Yep. 
in the last week of the regular season. So he's definitely a big play guy. And, yeah, Shaquille Griffin, Trey Flowers, Quandre Diggs, uh, Bradley McDougal definitely have their hands full this week. Got their hands full. The next matchup, we're going to go Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch versus the Packers front seven. The Seahawks struggled against the Eagles last week. They were third best in the NFL in the rush defense, averaging about 90. But to put up 19 yards is a disappointment. But luckily, they had Russell Wilson to kind of save the day there. So this is the first time all season they were shut out. Yeah, I don't expect that to happen two games in a row. This has to be a bounce-back game as far as rushing is involved. No, absolutely. I think uh, the the biggest deal was Fletcher Cox. I think I heard yeah. you talk about that with Pete, and Pete said that. I mean, literally, Fletcher Cox was a, just a game wrecker up the middle, and I think this week we'll have a good game plan against the Packers. And like you said, yeah, there's no – I mean, Pete Carroll looks at the box score. He's That is completely against anything that they want to do. Um, and you, you mentioned it's the only time when we played the Bucks, when we played all these other teams that had top-tier – Rushing defenses, we were able to go over 100 yards. So I don't, I can't see any scenario where that happens two weeks in a row. Yeah, I don't see that happen, especially knowing that the Packers give up 120 yards on the ground per game. That ranks 23 in the NFL. You have to capitalize on this opportunity that the Hawks have in front of them. Next matchup DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett versus Kevin King. Now look this guy up. Fourth in the league, third in the league in interceptions with five or six. Mm -hmm. Super explosive. He has great hips. DK's coming off his best game as a professional. I'm just going to go out there and say that Kevin King is licking his chops and was like, hey, I want to go up against this rookie and see what he's really made of. And on the flip side, I think DK is so confident. He's like, look, you put anyone in front of me right now, I'm going to take their lunch money. So I'm excited to see this matchup. Oh, this is probably one of the – not necessarily the most important matchup of the weekend, but probably the most exciting for me personally. You look at you look at Kevin King. Shout out the University of Washington standout. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. He's long. You mentioned the five interceptions. He's got 15 pass breakups. Um, and DK coming off the best game of his season. And you look at that matchup, just size for size, he's lanky. But if you're DK, DK just lined up. Think about the last couple of weeks. He was lining up against Patrick Peterson. Yep. He's one of the best cover corners in the game. Richard Sherman, so he is, he's gone up against the best cornerbacks. Back even when we played the Ravens, I mean, they got good. So he has seen the best defensive backs the NFL has to offer, so I think he's, he's going to be ready to go, and it's going to be a fun matchup between the two. Yeah, there's no reason for this young man not to be confident, and let's not sleep on Tyler Lockett. He started off the season super hot, got injured, then got ill, and he's kind of working his way back, and last week he had a decent game. I think that if they want to focus on DK Metcalf, they want to keep a corner over there, bring the safety over for some help, that middle of the field is going to be wide open again for Tyler Lockett to really get himself back on track. Yeah, and honestly, um, Tyler Lockett's success early on has helped DK Metcalf. Yes. That made – so now you're putting defenses in a pickle. So, okay, we, we've put a lot of emphasis early in the year in Tyler, and if we do that to DK, now you're putting Tyler in one-on-one situations on a deep crossing route. And if you can protect – that's a nightmare on a secondary. Pick your poison and don't forget, hey, Demo coming off the bench. Demo swag, play. I got you, boy. Don't forget about Demo. So now we're gonna look at the divisional round matchups in this playoffs. I'm, we're gonna make our picks again. Is that what we're gonna do? I think we're gonna make our picks again. All right. So here we go. First matchup: Vikings versus the Niners. I think Woo. the Vikings are hot right now. They are, man. And I think they're gonna sneak one by San Fran. Man. <laughs> They are playing good football right now, and I and you you were the risky guy last week. <laughs> you, you picked the Titans, who prevailed. Um, man, I, it is just really hard for me. Um, they've had two weeks to not. They've had two weeks off, and they have a full week to prepare for for the Vikings coming up. And uh, it's really hard for me to pick against the 49ers, just yeah. the way they have been playing. But hey, sometimes when you, when you got the hot hand and you're rolling, they just played last week. They didn't have a week off. There's no letdown there. It'll be a really good chess match, but. 
I'm leaning. I don't want to because I would love a scenario where the NFC Championship game could be at CenturyLink Field, but I, I'm I got to go with the Niners in that matchup. I think that's what's kind of influencing my pick too, knowing that the Vikings <laughs> win and the Niners yeah. win. The conference championship is at the house. Sorry. So next matchup: Tennessee versus Baltimore. I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, it's Tennessee is playing hot right now, but it's Baltimore. Yeah, and I and I think uh, I don't think it's gonna be that close. I think they win by at least two scores. Just what they're able to do and the fact that they've been sitting, waiting around, game planning. They had a couple weeks off to get some of those guys, injured guys, healthy. Uh, Mark Ingram was banged up, so he hasn't been practicing, but I think he's getting ready to go this week. Lamar is just so damn special, man. Special. Watching him play, I, I honestly think this is 14-70 point win for the Ravens. Okay. I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. And I heard Ryan Clark say on ESPN, I think, said this is going to be the fastest game in NFL history. <laughs> the way these two teams get, run the yeah, football, yeah. that clock is going to be ticking and ticking. So it should be fun to watch. I am excited for the Tennessee Titans franchise as a whole. They haven't had a lot of success in a while. So to see them get the upset in Foxborough, take down Tom Brady, have a chance to take, take down probably the NFL's MVP, I'm excited for that franchise. If they can, if they if they win that game, just throw every, throw everything out, man. It's the playoffs, <laughs> and even though I think it's going to be a blowout, that's why they play the games, man. That's why, why they play, play the games. Next matchup: the Texans versus the Chiefs. It's hard for me to go against a, a healthy Mahomes right now. I know uh, Deshaun Watson is playing well. They got J.J. Watt back, who's still one of the league's top sack leaders, and he missed like three eight, or four eight, eight games. He missed a lot of games. It wasn't just three or four, my guy. He missed like. He missed seven or eight for sure, and he and he's still one of the one of the top sack leaders, at least top there in the league. I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs and a healthy Patrick Mahomes. I think that this offense is really explosive, and I think if it comes down to a shootout, it could be a shootout. If it comes down to a shootout, I'm gonna go with maybe the best quarterback in the NFL right now as far as uh, throwing the ball down the field and making those big plays, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so J.J. Watt hadn't played since uh, October 27th, so he played in seven games this year. Um, yeah, all that being said, I love Deshaun Watson. I love what they did um, to come back and, and win that game at home, but Patrick Mahomes, man. Patrick Mahomes, McCoy, Frank Clark, all the guys that got over there, Andy Reid, I just, especially I think they win the coaching matchup. I think they have more talented guys. As good as Deshaun Watson is, I think the Chiefs win by, by around 10 points. I'm with you. Final matchup, Hawks versus Green Bay. You already know where I'm going with this. Yeah, we don't one. even need to, we need to go through that. We, we, we got confidence in our Hawks for sure. Yes, sir. The good guys win that one. All right. Their path to victory. How are the Hawks going to go on the road in Green Bay in January and pull off a win? This is how they do it. Find a way to run the ball. Simple. 19 yards, not enough. Don't need to rush for 250 or anything crazy like that. Around 130, 150, I feel like, and they'll be good to go. Thankfully, they have a Travis Homer and a Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. And I think this game, Schottenheimer is going to do a great job of putting them in position to succeed. I think Mm -hmm. now they know that Travis Homer is not going to be the guy to go downhill in the A-gap. Use his speed. Get him out on the edges. We need those short yardage. Give it to 24 and let him run. Yeah, no, and like you said, yeah, you don't need anything crazy. They just need to stay balanced, and they need to stay. They can't get behind the sticks. That's that's an. I didn't put it on the sheet, but they they got to stay. They can't be in first and 15, yeah. second and 20. And last week was they were unbelievable on third down. Third down, third and they 10. Were, they were all third and – every one was third and 10, <laughs> third and 11, third and 15. But I, 
I don't know if you can sustain that success two weeks in a row. You need to you need to be able to run the ball just to stay balanced. Like I said, even if they run for 75 or 80 yards, that's going to be enough to where those deep play-action routes, those deep crosses will be open. Another path to victory. Russell Wilson needs to ball out just like he's been doing. He needs to have another performance like he did last week. Threw for over 300 yards and just made the plays when they needed to be made. You talk about third down. I'm going to say more than about 60% of those third downs were off of Russell Wilson's arms or his legs. He mm-hmm. had a big third and I think 12 run where he picked up 15 yards. I mean, he's elevating his play. There was a moment in the season where he kind of stalled a bit, and stalling doesn't mean he played bad. It just means he wasn't playing at the same rate that he was early in the season. Now it seems like he's getting healthier again. He's got that, that postseason swag. This guy has to come up big for him. Yeah, no, Russell Wilson, I mean – Especially to win a divisional game on the road, Russell Wilson needs to have. Does he need to throw for another 300 yards? I don't know, but I, honestly, to win this game, I think they're going to need to score around 28 points, so he's going to have to have a Russell Wilson-type game yep. for sure. Russell Wilson-type game, another path to victory. they got to stop the big plays. you got Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. They're all capable of going nuts and making big plays. Aaron Rodgers can make the awkward throw. He's smart. He's a savvy veteran. He's been there, done that. He's not afraid of any situation. No, and he you, Matt, you mentioned the awkward throws. When the Seahawks played the Packers last year, this is a really good example, but um, it was on Thursday Night Football. It was early in the game. He, like, rolls to his right and it looks like he just flicked his wrist and he threw it 60 yards in the air to some tight end I've never even heard of (laughs) just because he can keep the play going so his arm angles and his ability to keep plays going and make big plays down the field is what you got to stop yep and just like last week the Hawks got to go on the road and do what they do be road warriors 8-1 this season continue the tradition of winning on the road. Winning on the road has put them in this position. Didn't do a good job of taking care of home, but flipped that with a lot of road wins. You're in the divisional round of the playoffs with a chance to make it to the conference championship if you can do something that hasn't been done in this franchise in a very long time, which is get a divisional round win on the road. For sure. It hasn't been done since 1983, and it'll be a huge a huge thing. But the cool thing about, about this week is, is – all those other divisional playoff losses don't matter this week. This is a completely different team. Yep. It is a, a new year, so do something that you haven't done before. Win on the road, and let's keep playing. This is too fun. We can't have this or this uh, excitement end now. Not now. Win this game, and you are one game away from the Super Bowl. That's it, folks. Michael Bump is NASA Choby. Divisional round. The Hawks are going to Green Bay. Hopefully, they come back winners. We'll see what happens. It's been real. Have a good one.